you're listening to in conversation with ipr and competition law this is a podcast dedicated to the fields of intellectual property rights and competition law we invite lawyers from all over the world and we are based in india we invite lawyers who are expert experts in intellectual property rights as well as who work in competition law or they may be academicians they may be professionals who are based in these two areas so thank you for listening to us today we have a special guest with us from south africa ms odi stridum she is an economist so welcome ma'am thanks so much aditya thanks for having me it's a pleasure thank you ma'am for accepting our invite and we will be discussing competition impact studies in africa important considerations a very novel topic to competition law not in the mainstream i guess and let us start by Audi's introduction. Audi Stridum is an economist and CEO of Between T Private Limited is a South African based company specializing in the provision of African competition law news and foresight via its official app as well. She worked in the South African Competition Commission, the KPMG Competition Law Advisory Practice at Johannesburg. and the bowman's competition practice group at johannesburg and where she managed the african competition law knowledge desk she holds an mphil in futures studies from the university of stellenbosch business school and a bcom honors economics from the free state university audi assists clients with a variety of foresight work she is a research associate at the institute of for futures research in belleville south africa as well it's an honor to have you It's an honor to have a discussion with such an seasoned professional, especially in a very say unique future studies perspective of competition law. We will be getting today. So welcome again, ma'am, and uh, please uh, tell us uh, initially about your uh, uh, experience in future studies. Maybe about your master's degree. What was it based on? What was the thesis about? Maybe some themes which you want to share with us. Thanks, Aditya. Uh, thanks so much for for having me today. Um, yes, uh, I I've done economics uh, up to honors level uh, um, at at Free State University in South Africa, and I uh, practiced as an economist for many years. But then I decided to to do something that's a bit uh, uh, more multidisciplinary. And I came across a master's degree in future studies um, at the Stellenbosch University Business School, um, and I decided that would be something that looks quite interesting because, um, in my experience, um, the methodologies used by the economics discipline is quite narrow, um, uh, conceptually and empirically. Um, so I decided to. to study something that's a bit wider and that brings broader perspectives so i first did um, a postgraduate diploma uh, for a year uh, at stellenbosch and then a two year masters degree um, and future studies uh, basically entails learning about anticipatory systems quite a different set of those um, and it helps you to identify and to understand various forces and trends that shape the future and ways to influence those trends and those forces where it's possible uh, or otherwise just learning to adapt to them or react to them if you can't influence them uh, in the process of creating different futures uh, we always refer to 
possible futures, probable futures and then preferable futures. Um, and the focus is quite strongly on, um, on the conceptual and more qualitative um, methodologies, making sense of qualitative uh, information. So drawing strongly on fields like complexity and systems thinking. Um, and in that regard, I think that was a valuable addition to my skill set. Um, as an economist, you are bombarded with more uh, quantitative uh, methodologies. So um, it was quite nice to expand my experience uh, into learning to deal a bit more comfortably and systematically and productively with qualitative information and trends for purposes uh, of foresight. Um, and this put my life on quite a different direction and a different course. Um, it's a very practical course. Uh, it required quite a lot of original thought. Um, and yes, eventually that led me to establishing my own business, uh, Betweenity, as you mentioned. And um, it's there where I combine my experience in Africa competition law and policy with complexity economics um, and then future studies. So that's basically what the master's uh, degree was, was all about. Yes, ma'am. And thank you so much for sharing your experience. And I find it very interesting to have a dedicated competition, economics, competition, law, news, a website, as well as an application, because I find a few apps in like on a global scale, not only Indian or South African, mm-hmm. where there are very few apps which update you about competition law and very limited websites. But yes, and between these, one of them, that's great to know. Uh, ma'am, moving further, please uh, uh, tell us about the legal provisions which are dealing with impact studies in the South African Competition Act. Yes, um, the impact study provisions uh, are fairly new provisions. Um, in 2018, a lot of new amendments came into the um, or were proposed to, to be added to the Competition Act and they were promulgated, well most of them were promulgated um, in, in February in 2019 um, and the impact study provisions were one of them um, and they are listed currently under section 21A um, and there are basically three pillars. The first one is that the Commission must study the impact of any decision, ruling, or judgment uh, of the Commission, Tribunal or the Competition Appeal Court. And then the second main pillar relates to the Commission that can get confidential information from parties. So that says the Commission may request information from any firm in order to compile its impact study report. A firm may lodge an objection to the request to the Tribunal and the Tribunal must then make an order regarding the release of the information having regard to all the relevant information, including the nature and the extent of the information request and the purpose and the scope of the impact study and then the relevance of the information to that impact study. And then the third pillar is basically that the Commission uh, must then also submit that impact study report to the Minister um, and it must be published in the Government Gazette and the Minister must then table that report in the National Assembly. Um, So what is clear, Aditya, from this new provision is that impact studies will definitely be used to influence the political economy um, in South Africa 
and other economic policies um, to a large extent going forward. And since the introduction of these provisions, uh, the Commission has already conducted two impact studies. Uh, the first one um, was conducted uh, in relation to the forestry industry and the other one was very recently in, in relation to block exemptions um, that were imposed as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so it is quite interesting to see that the Commission um, are already utilizing these provisions. Um, before it came into force, the Commission were also conducting impact studies, but those were at own initiative um, and they were informal. Um, so in other words, uh, the Commission did not have the tools that Section 21A uh, provides for. So um, they did not have access to the confidential information of parties. They were basically um, using publicly available information um, and those were early days. Um, I think now that the, the impact studies are formalized, one may see um, a little bit uh, more structure going forward. Thank you, ma'am. That's great to know about the provisions as well as the impact studies. What is the status there? So a question arises like, why did it take South Africa 20 years to introduce impact study provisions in the Competition Act? Yeah, uh, sure. Um, I think um, impact studies are probably a product of its time. Um, you know, Aditya, I think back then um, in 1998 when the Act was promulgated and a year later when the Commission opened its doors, yes, I think we, we, we really thought that having a Competition Act will probably be sufficient. <laughs> um, right. All the studies said that a positive correlation exists between competition and, and economic growth and between competition and job creation. And I think at that time we thought that the Act will meet those objectives um, plus minus by itself. Because having an Act that prioritizes competitive markets um, will seamlessly translate into a more dynamic microeconomic environment. Um, and that that dynamic microeconomic environment will then seamlessly translate into a more dynamic macroeconomic environment and more growth and more jobs. But I think um, through experience, we've just established that it was just so difficult um, because of the large degree of inequality that existed in the South African economy as a result of apartheid um, and the large degree of, of concentration um, of markets and just the unequal playing field um, and making an economy competitive and more job intensive is an extremely difficult task um, it's a sticky a sticky process um, because you can expend a lot of efforts and after five or ten years you can simply just not show any real results um, and i think this is what we experienced uh, at some point um, it was just as if microeconomics and macroeconomics did not actually speak to each other. And I will um, touch again on this when we speak about the, the um, proposals um, uh, that, that I made at the end of that, that study. So yes, I, I think we underestimated the very narrow ambit of the Competition Act, because at that time we must also remember there wasn't a holistic competition policy in place that basically um, applied across government departments. It was just the act. Um, and for the first couple of years, uh, 
there was still a lot of interpretive work to be done um, because the competition act like so many others are fairly um, high level and, and you need a lot of court cases to make certain concepts clear. For example, what is control? And when you say that, that the merger uh, um, relates to the acquisition of control, but what, what is that control? Um, I, I think also we did not really have any reason to believe that things that we read about competition in handbooks were not actually true. <laughs> um, and I think over time we've probably become more mindful about that, you know, many issues that we have been taken for granted um, have actually fallen apart. Uh, yes. Someone like, like Stieglitz uh, was a Nobel Prize winner. He said that um, we've now learned that even competitive markets are generally not efficient and markets are generally not competitive and market power can be acquired and sustained and increased in a number of ways. Um, and he actually said that anti-competitive conduct is so prevalent, the important issue has become identifying and prioritizing the most critical abuses to prosecute. So I think um, that's probably it. Um, we underestimated how difficult it is to apply competition principles to affect the microeconomy. And I actually think a lot of our thinking about competition is still quite static and un unoriginal. Um, we underestimated how difficult it is to use the microeconomy to um, achieve certain macroeconomic outcomes. And we also underestimated uh, the negative consequences of the competition process itself. Um, and all of these things we learned um, over time through very hard lessons. So I think this is also the reason why Impact Study was introduced now um, as part of the amendments to the Act, is to make sure that from now on, um, every little intervention must be measured. Um, well, not must, it, it could be measured, but at least now there are provisions to make sure that we do not find ourselves 10 years down the line, um, realizing that there was such a lot of effort, but there's nothing to show for that. Um, so I think that's a that's a long answer to to a simple question. Uh, yes, ma'am. No, but we quite understand that uh, how it came and how it originated and how we felt the need. So, uh, but uh, as a question arises, that what is the difference between impact studies and market inquiries that we do in competition law? Uh, yes, um, that's a that's an important question um, uh, and. Um, because those are often confused um, and I actually think that, that one of the studies conducted by the Commission lately also suffered a little bit from that schizophrenia. Um, but a market inquiry is something that is a, a fresh inquiry into the current state of a particular market. So you decide, I, I want to see what are the different issues in the banking industry, for example. So now the Commission issues terms of reference and it's going to see okay we are going to analyze the following things in this market and the entire inquiry um, relates to the market and the market dynamics um, and and it only serves to to understand the, the market itself but an impact study um, an impact study pertains to an analysis of the effectiveness of the commission's intervention in a market so for example um, if the Commission imposed the remedies after a particular merger, let's say remedies to um, 
uh, improve um, sourcing from local suppliers as opposed to inputs, then an impact study will look specifically at uh, how effective was that condition in, in achieving whatever the Commission wanted to achieve with that. Um, so whether one looks uh, at the market, de novo, this one looks specifically at what did the Commission do right and what did the Commission um, do wrong um, or, or what, what could it have done uh, better. Um, that is basically uh, the difference between those two, two um, sets of tools, Aditya. Okay, uh, thank you ma'am for sharing that. And we wish to know how prevalent is the conducting of these studies, impact studies in Africa, like for what purposes they have been conducted till their date and what uh, is the future of impact studies? Okay, um, it is quite interesting at this point, um, not too many countries are conducting impact studies. Um, I think it's at this point it's only South Africa who've conducted them and Botswana. Um, but um, based on, on scanning that we do at Betweenity, um, it is quite evident that this trend will start to pick up. Um, in the recent past, a couple of African competition authorities uh, indicated that they have recommended or that they uh, prioritized the conducting of impact studies. And that's literally from North Africa down to Southern Africa, um, Algeria, Angola, Kenya, Libya, Morocco, Namibia, Tunisia, Zimbabwe. Um, so this is definitely something that will get some, uh, some traction, which is possibly um, a good idea uh, for them to be mindful of the particular findings of the study, um, especially as, as this will now be a new project that they may, may embark on. Um, but if we look at those studies that have been done to date um, in South Africa, uh, as I said, uh, the SA Competition Commission conducted quite a number of um, informal impact studies. I think um, they published about seven or eight. Um, and then there's also reference to other impact studies that they conducted, which they did not necessarily publish. Um, or I couldn't find them on the net at the time of doing my research. So I think they've been um, done internally. Um, but yes, quite a number of them uh, were conducted initially. And then last year, um, a formal impact study was then conducted under the new Section 21A. Um, and there, they considered the impact of vertical integration on competition and the participation of small and medium enterprises and historically disadvantaged people in the forestry sector. Um, they've realized that uh, when they looked at the merger decisions um, and other complaints in the industry, that there was a lot of difficulty for small business in getting access to saw logs um, or, or let's say plantations at the upstream level. And of course that hampered the participation in the downstream industry. Um, and then they decided to, to do a thorough study into that to see what could they have done better and what, how will they change the processes going forward. Um, so that was the first um, one that they conducted under the new provisions. And then this year they did an impact study on the effectiveness of the COVID-19 block exemptions. Uh, as a result of COVID-19, they, um, they introduced quite a number of block exemptions 
in order to promote uh, the sharing of certain types of information so that essential services and products could move smoothly um, in the interest of end consumers um, and in the interest of swift supply. So then they checked across different industries what the impact was uh, of those COVID-19 block exemptions. So that's basically um, South Africa and then as I said Botswana also have done a couple um, of impact studies uh, to, to assess the effectiveness of the authorities' interventions in mergers. Um, I don't think one will find that on the internet. Um, it, yes. it was on their website uh, a couple of years ago, but I think they were taken off after the merger with the, with the consumer authority. Um, I must just add that Kenya also has a guideline for policymakers um, okay. to assist them um, uh, in the assessment of the impact of national regulatory interventions on competition policy in Kenya. But that is something a little bit different. Um, it does not necessarily relate to the conducting of impact studies by the Competition Commission in relation to their own interventions. This is more something that they made available for Parliament um, and other policymakers um, that whenever any kind of regulation or law is uh, drafted so that they can be mindful not to impose new laws that's, that directly contradicts competition policy. So there's a little difference there. But yeah, definitely um, an intention across Africa to start conducting impact studies, which is a welcome development, especially when you consider the difficulty that South Africa faced um, in, uh, in getting, um, in, in matching effort with results. So hopefully that process can be expedited <laughs> through the early adoption of impact studies in Africa. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you for your answer. So moving mm -hmm. forward, uh, you refer to the impact study tests in like contained in ICN, International Competition Network, yeah. and OECD guidelines. So what yes. are the shortcomings for purposes of developing countries? Uh, yes, as part of the thesis, I specifically look um, at the, the guidelines proposed by the ICN and the OECD um, and that I thought would be an interesting thing to do um, because those would be a popular place for developing countries to look for some guidance. Um, so um, what, I, what I established there um, was basically that uh, the types of studies that are being conducted there, um, uh, magnitude studies and exposed studies and competition agency evaluation, um, they, they uh, attract quite a lot of empirical uh, and, and theoretical challenges. Um, and one must be mindful uh, that one should not shoot down everything that, that attract that type of criticism because economics uh, can lend itself to that type of challenges. Yes. But, was, but what was quite interesting to me is that um, uh, these criticisms came from the developed world. Um, and normally in Africa, we are the ones that struggle with quality information, uh, which will be the 
um, underlying <laughs> tools um, or, or information used to, to populate tools um, like this. Um, but these criticisms came from the developed world. So um, if even they struggle with that type of shortcomings in empirical analysis and theoretical analysis, then one should probably be very, very uh, mindful to, to think twice uh, before just using them. So I think that that is the first challenge, um, uh, is that before adopting um, ICN and OEC guidelines, one should probably just be very mindful um, of, that, uh, of that first shortcoming. Um, the second issue relates to the issue of welfare standards. And that is closely linked to the reason why impact studies became so prominent. Because, you know, um, Aditya, um, it is one thing to conduct impact studies because uh, it's a good thing to do and it's good governance and it helps you to assess progress with a particular broader purpose. Um, but in the uh, case of impact studies, it was actually to a large extent born from the need to justify the existence of some of the competition authorities at a time of increasing skepticism about the benefits of competition for the broader economy. Uh, so uh, competition authorities started to face an ongoing demand to validate their contribution. Um, and we saw that in Europe and in the US. Um, in Europe, there was severe critique uh, that was laid before the doors of the European Commission for the global financial crisis uh, because of that new liberal economic framework that was underlying merger control in those days. And that led to the formation of large financial institutions through mergers and increased concentration. And the critique there was that rather to shield the member states and their citizens from the extravagances of markets, uh, the European Commission seemed to have facilitated the destructive trends in globalization. And the very interesting thing to note there is that competition has since been deleted as a formal objective from the treaty of the functioning of the European Union. So, so that was quite an interesting um, criticism. Um, we saw the same in the US. Uh, people argued that policy measures, especially efforts to control abuse of conduct by dominant firms, um, are generally being counterproductive. So um, as a quick way, basically, then to justify the existence of the competition authorities, um, and to, of course, avoid uncomfortable questions regarding the side effects of competition. For example, large degrees of inequality. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the tool of, of identifying cost savings was identified um, as, a, as an easy way to justify the competition project, um, because one would always have a positive result, uh, even if you, uh, if you uncovered only one cocktail. Um, you will always have, you can always show that the competition authorities saved the economy so much money. Um, but in developing yes. countries, um, that is a challenge because, yes, of course, consumers need access to cheap products. Um, but also, competition must still emerge in many markets. So, um, the development of markets that are rich in large and medium and small firms, um, that's really a priority, more so than just low prices and efficiencies. Um, and also the establishment of reliable supply chains and the protection of small producers who are purchasers um, are, are also important. Uh, and also supply chains um, surrounding the informal economy 
which I think we will see quite a lot more in, um, in, in the next 10 years or so in Africa. So um, the, focus, the focus just on consumerism, uh, as opposed to uh, the development of the entire ecosystem, that, that would neglect the broader economic goals. So that's, that's the second reason why those, process, or those tools would, be, would uh, not be optimal for Africa. Um, and the third issue uh, relates to the selective um, nature of impact studies, because they do not measure the entire impact of right. a particular intervention. Um, in fact, it's quite interesting when you read extracts from the OECD guidelines, um, especially in yeah. relation to your magnitude studies and your exposed studies. Um, they basically rely on the correctness of the original decision. It's a formal assumption. Um, they would say, um, and I quote, um, assume that no intervention will have a negative impact. Um, or they will say that uh, these studies only look at remedies and do not try to determine whether the clearance of the merger had been appropriate or not. So um, that's really an issue uh, if you assume uh, if you assume your correctness, and that's exactly what an impact study does not try to do. It wants to engage in a critical in a critical evaluation, in an honest evaluation of what did we do right and what did we do wrong. So that's basically the three reasons why I would say that one should probably stay clear or just be just um, be wise in relation to um, the, the methodologies imposed by the developed world. Yes, uh, thank you for sharing your answer, your insights. Asking the last question, then we may conclude. So in your view, like will the South African impact study provisions really contribute to better policy making, especially competition policy, economic policy in South Africa? Uh, I think that will depend to a large extent on how we deal with impact studies. Um, what I proposed as part of the, the study was that one takes a, a, a more holistic approach to impact studies. Um, uh, we have to measure the full impact. We cannot only measure benefit. So that's that's critical um, for us. Um, secondly, we have to place catalysts um, in the system um, specifically and intentionally. And we must measure the catalyst and the effectiveness of the catalysts uh, in any remedy, because eventually you want to get to a point where the benefits of a remedy can continue after the remedy has strictly come to an end. So therefore, it's quite important to add uh, points of self-organization in a system. Um, yes. The third important issue there would be um, to, to measure the translation of the effects of the intervention um, into structural reform. So that is also critical, um, not just whether the intervention yielded some kind of benefit, but did it yield structural transformation? Um, that's a difficult thing to, to do, and I think here yeah, we must still think a little bit uh, how we will do that, but that would be critical considering that it's important in developing countries that competition must still be generated. Um, then, uh, something that is also quite uh, important is the, uh, a much more um, stringent focus on, on qualitative information and, and context specificity. Um, and I think that was, to me, that was the wonderful thing about this study. I've realized this, the close connection between uh, the backward-looking exercise, which is an impact study, and it's interlinked with, with a, a, a futures-laden component. Um, 
because you cannot measure uh, impact without asking yourself what do I want to measure and why do I want to measure it. Uh, you have to know that um, I want to measure this on, on the achievement of a broader purpose and did we actually achieve that. So this is why it's been such a, a wonderful experience to study this in the context of future studies. So invariably, if you deal with the impact study questions correctly, you will um, automatically come to a point where you, where you ask yourself very, very critical and fundamental questions about the nature of competition, whether the authority understood it in the correct way, um, uh, whether the, the uh, understanding of competition is perhaps not too static, um, can you really say that just because the market has six competitors that it's automatically competitive or, is there, or must there be something else? So um, I think if those four things can be, can be achieved, I think there could be a, a positive impact on competition, although that might, that might take um, a lot of courage uh, asking, asking those four or doing those four things. <laughs> yes, Thank you, thank you for your answer. So, uh, asking generally, what what interested uh, you in competition law, not related to the topic, but related to your passion, what you are doing. Uh, sorry, Aditya, did you say um, what my interests are? Yes, yes. I'm asking like, what brought you to competition law? How you? Oh, yes. I see. I see. Uh, sure. Um, I think there was just a, a natural. Um, uh, uh, tendency uh, when I was at university I must also say we had a very good lecturer <laughs> uh, in yeah. competition um, uh, and I think she was just such an inspiration and actually just after the, the semester she actually went and worked at the competition commission um, yeah it was just such an inspiration uh, I initially thought of doing business studies um, uh, more you know management uh, type studies but uh, yeah, to some extent, I think what I enjoyed about economics it was it was a little bit more removed from business. Um, it was a little bit more analytical and more investigative. Um, and it provided me with uh, a lot of uh, satisfaction. I, I really enjoy searching for info and, and solving problems. Um, and it provided me with such a lot of opportunity um, to dig very deep into into a lot of facts. So, yeah, I think this is how I got in the field, um, and now 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 I left that field um, from a formal perspective and started Betweenity. Uh, so now combining that experience with future studies takes it just into a into an even better place. So yeah, this is how my my <laughs> life <laughs> worked out. <laughs> Yes, uh, that's uh, nice and it's inspiring and you're working with respect to African competition law. You are working individually or say passionately on competition law but through between T and your other research ventures as well as your interest. Mm -hmm. And you're also contributing to the insights uh, or say you're contributing to the antitrust community in a productive manner and that inspired me as well and that's uh, that connected us actually so thank you so much for accepting yeah. my invite and uh, this will be a great podcast and I hope that people will like it. So thank you so much and hope to host you again in future, maybe on a, an important issue and another issue on uh, exclusive issue with respect to competition law. Yeah.
Thank you so much, Aditya. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks for the invites and all the best going forward also with the podcast. It's a great initiative. Thank you, ma'am. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye.